Now, everything old is new again. America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. You are listening to Everything Old is New Again with Doug Viviani and David Cohen. Is that right, Bob? I know. Uh, 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 Dave and Dave and, uh, uh, Doug. Dave and Doug. Dave and Doug. Yeah, they'll do. Okay. Plant your feet firmly. Hello, boy. Welcome to Everything Old is New Again. What a mishmash that is of an introduction of Jay Johnson from Soap, Indiana Jones theme representing the thrills and adventure and, and well, I was going to say romance, the thrills and adventure of Everything Old is New Again and the comedy uh, stylings of the Honeymooners and Ed Norton himself. I am here, Douglas Viviani, every week with uh, the young and rather ingenious David Cohen. Young and ingenious. Yes. Wow. I'm like the opposite of both of those. It's the power of radio. You can I'm old and dumb. You want. <laughs> <laughs> the old and dumb, David Cohen. <laughs> well, use that introduction next week. Uh, we are uh, expanding our network, and we're ec- ecstatic about that. We're in uh, 23 states at present and uh, trying to grow. Uh, we're happy about that, and what we want to do is we're, we're putting ourselves with a show, Everything Old is New Again, on the proverbial couch. Right. The psychological couch. Who are Doug and Dave? And better, what do they do on their Saturdays with this show, and why? Why do they continue to do this? What makes them even want to be uh, on the air talking about pop culture, entertainment pop culture every week, and how do they do it so well? What is that all about? (laughs) You shouldn't be laughing at that. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to take a moment and and (laughs) take that break to say that, speaking about affiliates, we are excited about uh, being in Parkersburg and Marietta, West Virginia, uh, on WVNT. It's a station that that we're ecstatic and happy to be uh, part of the Valley's News Talk leader. Um, They brought Broadcast uh, Parks Parkersburg Catholic Sports Marshall Football. Uh, they have a show. Listen to this one. I love the title. I got to listen to the show um, called Sports and a Donut, hosted by Chad Richards. What do you think of that? I like it. I'm assuming that sports in the morning. I assume that's not like watching sports that you can actually eat a donut while playing, like golf or something like that, or checkers. Uh, I, does that make sense? Uh, no. no, I'm thinking of more of the the pure enjoyment of listening to a sports show while eating a donut. It's a great what combination. What if he eats a donut while he's talking about the sports? That would kind of not go. Right, right. So maybe he does the sports first, then eats the donut. And do you think he's got, like, I don't know, a Dunkin' Donuts or some kind of a... Like tie-in Yeah, somehow? he's got to have some kind, I mean, you know, some kind of advertiser going on. We're going to have to tune in. I have to tune in, yeah. and uh, that's uh, 1230. 12.30 a.m. is the, the uh, location on the dial. And we're on Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. I love it. Not on the weekend. Tuesday at 9. Right. Just when you get to work, when your boss says it's time to do something, you throw the earphones in, and for the first hour while you're drinking your coffee and getting settled in, uh, you can try to work or ignore work and, and spread the word while at work about everything old is new again. Right. Get the whole office to listen. It may make you have to stay till 6 because for the first hour yeah. you didn't do any work. It's worth it, though. It's worth it. <laughs> you work with a smile. Put it that way. Whistle while you work. How's that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But don't whistle too loud. You won't be able to hear us over the... 
All right. Uh, now, the question is, why are we doing this? Uh, we're new to that station in that area. A lot area. of people are asking that. <laughs> and what are we doing? Uh, we're, again, we, if you heard last week's show, we're kind of just developing the idea of what parts of pop culture affected us. And I think I bet that it affected you, uh, the listener, as well. We're breaking down that, that wall between the radio uh, hosts and the listener talking directly to you to see if you're um, getting kind of like your memories being refreshed a little bit here recollection um and and or if you have some similar stories we um heard there the honeymooners it's a it's a timeless show it goes way back when we did a show on the best sitcoms of all time and uh and the honeymooners was right there yeah yeah, it was. Uh, the final uh, two, I we're not going to give it away who the winner was because we want you to listen to it. Exactly. But. So if you're new to the show and you want to hear that, we have every show that we've broadcast, and it's almost 100 at this point, on the uh, podcast section of everythingoldisnewagain.biz. That's everythingoldisnewagain.biz. Please uh, tune into that. And also on that website, you can communicate with us directly. So if you have any desire to do that. Feel free to do so. I got a text the other day on that through there, uh, and it was, uh, you know, I was excited. I got a message from the, uh, from the, you know, from the website. What did it say? What's happening? And it was one sentence. It was terrific. It's 8 o'clock. The garbage goes out tomorrow. It was the only way my wife could get in touch with me. I was in my office, and uh, she was trying to remind me to take the Wait, so out. she posted on the website? <laughs> yes. It's 8 o'clock. I the get into my office to prepare for the show. There is no, you know, I lock the door, and that's it. Leave me alone. I got to do these clips. We play a lot of clips. And so she thinking, I'm going to get in touch with him somehow, because I ignore sometimes <laughs> with that garbage situation. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Have you taken the garbage out in your, in your slippers? Especially well, in the winter? I, I, well, live in, in the I live in New York City, yeah, yeah, so yeah. I don't go anywhere in my slippers outside the door. <laughs> I mean, I've done that, and you come back, and it's, you know, your slippers are a mess, you know, the weather and whatever else, yeah. and walking around the house and the bare feet. And where, where are you going fine. with this? Uh, you know, I don't know. Point being. No, but you, there was a reason you brought up the slippers in the garbage. I did, because I wanted to talk about the fact that you could communicate directly with us, and I will, I actually got up right away and go. put the garbage out. So the minute that you send me an email, everything he will, will do again. Doug will respond. Not biz. In his slippers or without slippers, whatever. He'll get back to you. Uh, Now, let's turn to music. Music influenced us quite a bit, I would suggest. Yes. And I think will influence many people. Um, And the the interesting part about that is that we all have different bands that we love and have an affinity to, or singers or uh, artists. Uh, Back in the day, and this for us was the late 70s, both of us, and especially you, I think, had an interest in finding new talent. Yeah, because our high school was all about... Southern rock, which was big at the time, you know, Leonard right. Skinner, not to take anything away from them. They were great, but it was it was like a one trick pony, you know, and Zeppelin, and hard Marshall rock, Tucker. Marshall Tucker band was big. Like they, they were just you couldn't escape it. Right. So uh, we would there was a couple of radio shows. I remember of the King Biscuit Flower Hour. You sure. That one. Yeah. They would go to local usually it was New York City, but they would go to London and other places where n- new bands were just starting out the club itself. They would mic the bands and you'd hear a live performance. It was terrific, and I think it that's how we amazing. found this one particular band. We'll start off with uh, with the records. Let's see if this rings a bell. How about them? That's a very, very obscure uh, reference. Very obscure, yeah. 
I figured we'd start with that. It was a band that st- that actually came around um, to Long Island during the day. We, we saw went them to go see them, yeah. like in a dance club. It was like a disco, right? Right. right. Uncle Sam's, no seats, no seats, right. and and we we stood. We were like two rows back, uh, standing there watching this band. The lead singer was a was a drummer, if you remember. Yes, I think his name was Will Birch. Wow. Uh, yes, Will Birch. Uh, they had two albums. I loved them. I thought they were great, and they just they just never really uh, they really never made took it. off. No, but that's a great song. Check that one out, Starry Eyes. Why did I bring it up? Though it had some effect on us, we played that song, did we not? We did play Starry Eyes. Yeah. Was, the, the news covered it, and I think uh, you know the records, the the name of the band that did it, <clears throat> really appreciated the fact that we didn't. No, they had no idea who we were, <laughs> but, but it did influence us in that that we wanted to introduce something new to where we were going to high school, something a little out of the ordinary. Yes, and believe it or not, this was also new. We spoke about this a little bit, but I have a clip where I want to uh, introduce a little of the background. You know, we, we really enjoyed uh, the mixture of comedy and now blues with the Blues Brothers. We did uh, some has fun with this as well. Everybody remembers this one, right? Um, I, I uh, enjoyed that in, in, in the day, and then they came out the movie. And I remember going to a drive-in, seeing Blues Brothers. I saw that with in. you. Yes. Right. The, the only two guys in our high school would go to a drive-in together. <laughs> Unbelievable. It, 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 and I have to tell you, I was a little bit disappointed in the movie. Were you not? Wait a minute. The that ending. is not I, my recollection. I loved it the first two-thirds. Let's say that. And I don't like these chases. And at the end, it all just became a real chase. I, my recollection was that you were totally enthralled with this movie, and I started thinking, I started really second-guessing our friendship. <laughs> Because I just did not like it at all. I didn't. I no. I, I didn't. I wasn't a hundred percent behind. Really? It. No. I I liked it, but I didn't love it. Um, okay. But that's... maybe you were just like into it while the movie was. You were laughing and you were, and I'm like, wow. Yeah. It could have been the beer. I'm not sure. <laughs> we snuck in pizza. We snuck in beer. I remember going into the drive and we, we used to do. There's no such thing as a drive-in anymore. No. Right? No. Sadly. There might be. If there is any out there, email us at oldnewagain at aol.com. Oldnewagain at aol.com. I'd love to here where a drive-in theater actually exists That'd now. That'd be cool. Yeah. Um, basically, what we would do is I'd have this old 69 Nova, and we would throw our friends into the trunk of the car because they would bill you or charge you by how many people are in the car. So we'd drive in with two people in, and the trunk would open later on. And or help. we'd forget. We'd forget. <laughs> and we'd hear banging in the back. Right. And three guys would come out, and we'd get, we'd get you know. Again, no women. <laughs> no women, because that's, that's how we rolled. And we would watch the Blues Brothers. Um, is that correct? <laughs> All right, we'll be back uh, <laughs> right after this on Everything Old is New Again. How's that happen? All right, time flies. Everything Old is New Again. Come on back. We continue our discussion of pop culture music when we return. You're listening to Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Welcome 
Welcome back to Everything Old is New Again. I'm Douglas Viviani sitting here with David Cohen, and we are discussing uh, Everything Old is New Again. We're putting our radio show on the couch and letting Sigmund Freud uh, take a look and examine why we do this. And what is wrong with us. <laughs> what inspires us? Where did we get uh, the background to do this? And and, uh, and Have we got... Have we... Have we, we even touched on it yet? We're telling no. all these funny stories about our past, but I know I think we're we're tying in how popular culture basically affected our ridiculous it's behavior. Always a reference to the popular culture, uh, so that that certainly works. And and when we talk about we're on, now this show basically or at least section of the show so far is about music and and I think music no matter how old you are uh, and we're a contemporary nostalgic show if you will. Between uh, what I try to say is that we're not just talking about the past. Uh, we're talking about the present and the future all the time right um, but we're just saying that it's this foundation of our lives a foundation of what our culture is now clearly um, and for some people it's it's stronger than others but it's still portion of the foundation is what's come before um, and we're just talking about entertainment and in a larger picture of course in history and countries that's true as well but we're talking about entertainment um, you could have you could be seventeen now and have whatever is the music of your day that affected your life and affect it sometimes affects the way you think what these people are singing about or maybe even the type of attitude that's presented on the music sure. absolutely you know? um, and or maybe it's a reflection of you if you're listening to, if you're dour and you're upset and you're depressed let's just say you may listen to music that reflects that you wouldn't listen to I don't know you know a, a light-hearted song then maybe right or right. you maybe you would to try to get you out of that mood yeah that's what I try to do <laughs> so along those lines in our day we missed the Beatles by a little bit yeah the live. Right. Situation, um, you know, where they were coming out with albums, and and we were excited to go, you know, buy an album. We Predated stories. Us, yeah. And we've talked about that in the past. We've had a show where we had a, a two show series on the '60s of someone that lived through it as a child growing up through the '60s. My cousin Joe Viviani. It was a great show. Take a look at that if you want on the uh, the podcast. If you missed it, everything old is new again. Dot biz. But I, I know this band is a um, big influence on 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 Dave, and we'll ask him in a minute why. What's it all about? that I need to play a clip to introduce all of us to who the Beatles are. That's uh, Steppenwolf, right? <laughs> but wasn't there somebody that there were fans of, of some uh, hip-hop uh, artist now that McCartney worked with? I forget who it was. And the fans were like, yeah, this guy's going to make this old man famous. Do you remember this? Yeah. I can't remember the name of the guy, who it was. It was Jay-Z or I something I think it like was that. Jay-Z. He yeah, and the fans yeah. don't have any idea. Who's who Paul McCartney? McCartney? So that's why I do that. That's He was, right. of course, part of this four-member band, not Wings. That was the band after uh, the Beatles. Right. And uh, Dave, they had some influence on you and, and why and how in some way. Well, I think just, you know, culturally... Uh, I, I was really impressed by how they shook things up in the music industry and in pop culture. Um, they were funny. That was the other thing. You know, it was, it was just not just the music, but they were funny guys. And I like that, too. Um, and the music, you know, to me, it's just a different they're on a different planet. You know, it just it, it just the music always makes me feel and always made me feel better. You were talking about, you know, mood changing type of music. Anytime I would hear their music, I, I would, I would just feel upbeat. And I still, even today, 
Well, they also, that's true, I think, for me and lots of people. Also, not only that, they've got songs like, uh, you know, Let It Be and Long Winding Road and Nowhere Man that, that, that can kind of try to help you through difficult times. Those are all different kind of settings in those songs, but uh, guide you through uh, some difficult times at some point as well. Right. Um, right. There is songs that have some advice. Some You may agree or may not agree with what they say. I think most of us agree with most of what they say. I read a review once, and they said something, and I guess it's because of the show in Vegas, but their music... Uh, exemplifies love um, right if that makes yeah, sense that's uh, true. and it's an expression or oral expression of that in one form and, or another and and the great thing about them too is if you were into music you wanted to play music believe it or not their songs generally are very easy to learn so if you're just starting on a piano or a guitar um you know the same the same is true as with my son who who was now you know onto a music career himself but uh, he started out listening to the Beatles because they were easy and they were just so. Uh, but think about it, they were easy, but in their day, the chord progressions and the changes in music that they presented may be easy, but was very unique. Right. No? Yeah, I think their spin on it was unique, definitely. Right. Definitely. So, uh, so you know that that's a great uh, take on that, and certainly you, you we've we've heard uh, our band and so forth, and, and, and David still has a uh, interest in music. And plays you probably play still to this day. Uh, I do. So often. Yeah. Uh, so um, uh, that is one effect, and then we've got um, a little bit more. I think we're going to hear from the Clash now, and it's a, a band that uh, we're focusing, putting David on the uh, the couch the, the, that maybe expresses something else to you. Let's just. Talking about the Beatles, Pony Beatlemania. That's not the only reason what the, that's about that song, but uh, so. Where does that come from? That was a band that you started out in the late seventies, and I think you. Uh, I was a Clash fan, right like from the get go, right. you know, mid mid seventies, I would say, and and uh, I, I was into the whole punk rock new wave scene because, as we were discussing on a, on a prior show, in the high school where we grew up, it was very mainstream. The music was mainstream. Everybody kind of dressed the same way. So for me. You know the Clash and, and groups like them just representative were representative of, of a rebellion, something just to do something different. You know, and that's why I latched onto it. And, and great music, of course, right. great music. Uh, but it was the attitude and the irreverence, I think, of punk that that really, you know. Uh, made me just excited about life, really. Plus, also, I remember the first album was Give Enough Rope, right? Give Up yeah. Enough Rope. Uh, if you listen to that album, you can hear it on YouTube, anywhere, uh, the freshness of these it's characters. It's the second album, but that's okay. Right. We're not semantics. <laughs> Go ahead. Um, but oh, what I'm trying to say is London Calling was produced and highly produced, and they got into the studio, became a little more professional. If you hear Give Them Enough Rope, the, I think the music there. More, it's more raw. Raw, yeah. and you really can hear the excitement that they're professing uh, to themselves uh, with each other or just on their instruments, the way that they're uh, lashing out and playing in a totally different way than was played before, if that makes any sense. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, same thing with, I think, are you, yeah, the next yes, band. Yes, we're going to hear the Ramones to the same kind of thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, they are. So the Ramones, uh, another, I think a little more refined clash, if you could say that. I don't know. You tell me. What do you well, think? Well, they predated the clash, yes. and, and they they are the probably one of the seminal po- uh, punk rock bands at the time. And uh, again, it was just a bunch of guys from Long Island, basically. Uh, but, the, but they made it easy for kids to pick up a guitar or whatever your instrument was and to just get on a stage and play because the beauty of punk rock was most of the guys who were getting up there were not musicians they would just learn a few basic chords and that's really what punk all punk was was a few basic chords a lot of attitude a lot of shouting a lot of screaming um and, and a lot of established artists like david bowie and queen at the time you know kind of ignored it and and it did sort of obviously phase out at some point but it was again the rebellion the 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 idea that it's music is accessible to anyone who wants to play i think really you know inspired me and and i think that's a a good way to put it is, is that they um uh you know the Beatles, you know, inspired that uh, generation to start bands. Now it was well, that's too hard to do. I may not know how to play an instrument. I don't know what. To, how do we start a band just like that? <laughs> it's almost like instant, uh, instant bands. Yeah, just get up there, just go, just get up there and go. You learn three, <laughs> three, four, five chords, then you go from there. So uh, that was a lot of fun. That's what the News did with uh, their studio version of uh, Twilight Zone. I don't know if you got that handy. And we'll be back, back. Everything old is new again. Who's these guys? Except playing keyboards. Sounds great, man. Wow. Hey, Charlie, why the arm of the sling? Yeah, I walked straight into that busted street sign in front of Frank's Automat. Well, you must have been really sore at him. You said it, pal. I said, say, what's a big idea making a fella trip out there? I was going to sock him right in a kisser. He's all wet. Why, you ought to sue him, Charlie. I have half a mind to do just that. But where am I going to get that kind of dough? Say, I know a fella just got me out of a big jam, and he didn't break the bank. I don't say. Yeah, the law office of Douglas Viviani. The law office of Douglas Viviani? That's right, the law office of Douglas Viviani. Viviani. That's what I said, Viviani. Are you a straight shooter? He's a cat's meow. He's on the up and up? Doug's ace is with me. Is that so? He's a bee's bees. Well, that's just swell. You have his number? You can call him at 631-681-1910 or email him at VivianiLaw.com. Wait, what, what was that last part? What, email? Yeah, what's email? VivianiLaw.com. Welcome back to Everything Old is New again. That is The Knack. You may or may not be familiar with them. Well, they had a bigger single. Which was My Sharona. Right. I think a lot of people heard about that. But yes. That uh, was number one for like 25 weeks or something. I know. <laughs> Half the year. It was crazy. <laughs> that band came out um, with the reverse uniform as the news. <laughs> yeah. They saw us and must have said, we're going to do the opposite of what the news does. Black pants, white shirt, all the more that. Uh, they were clean. You tell me as a musician, weren't they Beatles-esque or am I wrong to say that? The way they, the songs that they played in terms of, did they, were they influenced at least we could say by the Beatles? Or well, no? the album cover was a complete 
ripoff of, you know, with the Beatles or meet the Beatles here right. in the States. But what about the way they played their instruments and how clean it was? There was no reverb. It was uh, straight out, just let's play as a band in a yeah. garage or something yeah, like I that. Yeah, I think it was reminiscent of the Beatles, definitely. Okay. And definitely. Um, that album was crazy, crazy It was really successful. big, yeah. Um, and the follow-up was crazy, crazy disappointing. Yeah, I know. And then nothing and then else nothing. happened. It was right. such a shame. It's weird. I think what happened with them is, it like happens to a lot of bands, they play out for years on end, they perfect eight or ten songs at, that they've been playing and learning and, and, you know, culturing for years, do the album with all this stuff, and then, okay, the producers say, you know, okay, come out with another one in six months. And how do they produce Plus, that? Plus, I think the, the instant fame, I don't think they saw that coming. And I think that that impacted them. Also, they weren't, you know, a lot of people aren't able to handle the, the notoriety that comes with something that just exploded like that. And yes. I think that that had an impact on why they just kind of petered out. Yeah. And their live show was not a gas. <laughs> Unlike the news. <laughs> right. But now you keep we keep talking about the news. We the last show we did, that was a band just so people who are listening can catch up right. that, that Doug and I had in high school. It was the news. N-E-W-Z was how it was spelled, you know, to be a radical. And we would say that was the the band that was sweeping the country. It was sweeping, sweeping up, I yes, think. Yes, after it every show, we clean up the auditorium. Part of the deal, we had a clean after the, <laughs> right. But uh, then that influenced me in that I, I don't know what, to me, that I like that nice, clean sound, and then the awkward lyrics and the adolescent lyrics that are going on, the right. juxtaposition of that. I don't know, the, it's like you expect those lyrics from The Clash, or well, maybe not The Clash, but you know, some irreverent band right. playing an irreverent, different kind of song than yes. this poppy, catchy pop song. That makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And That's, they, they, they were fun they to listen well. to. They yep. surprised you. Especially back in the day, things were much more antiseptic with regard to music and love songs and all of that. It wasn't this, these references that True. they put in there. Uh, another band that, uh, that I will say that I discovered this one and brought this one to the table. Maybe I'm wrong, but this is what I did. we go again that squeeze of the album was pulling muscles from michelle i don't know i remember listening to them one night on this show the king biscuit flower hour again a radio show i love the radio we'll listen to it all the time and then i, I sort of introduced whoever i could into them uh i, I think I may have told you about them i think you actually knew about them already and whatever but the point was uh, we they, both liked them though yeah. right i mean that they, they were that songwriting team i think is still one of the best all time put them up there you know close second or third to to lennon and mccartney and I agree. I've read a book about them, uh, too, about every song and what they went behind it. Yeah, you sent me a copy of that. There you yeah. go. And did you catch, I mean, just an awkward thing. You know, you picture songwriters being together and playing instruments together and working out you know, how what's going to happen, what are the lyrics going to mean, and how the how, how's the rhythm going to be. And basically, one of these parties, I think, uh, I think it's Chris Difford, would play the music on a guitar or whatever and record it or write it down and then send it over to Glenn Tilbrook, Glenn Tilbrook who would write thereafter the words. So, like, they never even met to talk about it. Right, they yeah, they were definitely, they were, like, physically separated uh, right. most of the time when writing, which was, yeah, unusual, but it worked. Right, but worked for them. I, definitely I, worked. And I remember going to see them in high school with yeah, you and a right. couple of friends and a couple of girls in New York City at the Seaport and Open Air 
place um, wh- where uh, they played a, a kick a- a butt show that we uh, <laughs> that we just I don't know I, I it was so here's the thing to me this was the first band that I if you want to call it discovery you know how you grab ownership of something right, right, I right. said wow I love this band I followed them for a little while and then tickets came on and so it was my weird to say but my Beatles in that I was able to finally see a band that I admired that I really liked this stuff that I couldn't wait for the next album to come out and there they are live on stage that's cool it's an odd thing I mean you all experience especially growing up you know the first real right. experience so I'll never forget that and if you ever went to a, a party I used to have summer parties little clam bakes the house all the time every summer and that song and their album would be playing all the time that would be the soundtrack of uh of the so the what was it about them that that appealed to you was it was there something you know it's a weird thing it's it's a it's a being into a, a band and no learning a little of the terms the bridge to a lot of their songs which is you got this the, the you know a, a lyric and then you've got another lyric that repeats itself a lot of the time and then there's something that's a chord changes in between those two parts of songs i think they were genius at that and that that propelled the song forward. That I'm getting a little technical, but in a way where I wanted to keep on hearing those chord changes. I just enjoyed right. the, the the difference. It was very different, subtly, but very different. And of course, the, the what they sung about was they barely ever sung about love straight out. They want to sing, right. sing about a party, pulling muscle of Michelle. They're talking about black coffee in bed. They're, I mean, there's very creative lyrics, and I w- kind of got into that as well. Yeah, definitely. If that makes definitely. sense. Yeah, so that sure. affected me uh, positively, I think. And uh, the news, we covered some squeeze songs, right? We sure did. Yeah. And we, we did it very well. You sang the lead on Pulling Muscles from Michelle, right? No, or wait. <laughs> My Sharon, I sang the lead. Oh, the, God, the yes. That's that right. That was a genius. Uh, <laughs> I, we mentioned uh, Southern Rock before. I just want to play a little bit. Uh, I think it affected me a little differently than then Dave, we're going to put, uh, put me on the couch here for uh, a little piece of Freebird. I challenge you, anyone, to tell me that there's a better piano solo in a rock and I'll put it in quotes, rock song or a pop song than what they did and what was the gentleman's name, uh, Collins, did uh, as a piano player for Skinner on that song. Uh, I don't know if that makes sense to everybody. You don't hear piano solos ever anymore. Um, and is that, that why you like that? I didn't know you you actually liked that song. Uh, <laughs> no, no, I don't mean that in a negative yes, way. I, I didn't I, know you liked it. That's I all. love that song. Um for twofold, it was my introduction to, I call it an epic song, a song that's like 7, 10, this one's 11 minutes long. Yeah. Uh, the, the, it was my first introduction into guitar solos that blew me away in this uh, song and that piano solo. I can still right. listen to I actually kind of turn it off after the piano solos, uh, believe it or not, now, because uh, I've heard the guitar solos so much, and it's, uh, it's, it's great, but after a while, it's enough, I guess. What do you think? But I, well, to me, it epitomized, if I could summarize our high school right. with one song, that was it. And that's what I was rebelling against. So that, that was just the flag that was flying in front of our school. <laughs> exactly. was Freebird. I just, I hated it. Then why did the news we put, do this uh, as part of our set? I'll tell you why, but let's listen All to right, it. All right, we'll come on back to listen to the explanation. We didn't do Freebird. Yes, we did. I have tape of it. Oh. I learned the solo. Oh, my God. I blocked it. Yeah. Everything old is new again. 
There he is. You don't remember that? I have a tape. I went through my old tapes of you know preparation right. of this, and I've got all now the it's coming back. Shows yeah, and, yeah. We <laughs> and we did Sweet Home Alabama. We sure did because. Uh, our guitarist demanded that we play it. Yes. It was a concession. Yeah, because that, that was but, the most, to play was one of the most, uh, well, I hate to say boring, but, you know, once you start going off on this solo on that song, or even the, it's just the chord progression, it's three chords, and that's it. Ding, 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 I mean, do, for do, eight do. minutes. <laughs> but, uh, but wow, I, I guess we had to do Freebird, right? In our high school, how could you not besides, do the- yeah, Besides being called out for Billy Joel that we didn't play, we were tired of that. We, people would call out for Freebird. Freebird, and we, we played it. I mean, that was, that was a phenomenon. I mean, I, like it or not, that, maybe it was just for us, I don't know. But when, when that band came around, that was a phenomenon. Then Street Survivor came around. That was, they really showed your musicianship in that. I don't know if you remember that album. No, I, I do. In retrospect, I yeah, I, they were great. They were great. But at the, at the time, it's you know 15 16 years old it you're just, hearing it too it repre- much you're hearing it and it represented party. something that i didn't i was just rebelling against, absolutely so. but then the plane went down and remember they oh, had yeah, tickets that was horrible the nassau coliseum really to see them with ronnie russell i shouldn't say the last name my buddy ronnie and uh they went down I, I think it was maybe two weeks before the show something like that a month before the show horrible. in nassau coliseum and, and you had tickets down. i had tickets i should have saved the ticket i was wow. kind of morbid but uh <laughs> right you could have sold them on ebay <laughs> exactly i mean that band's still alive in the world now in terms of uh, there's a couple one survivor now left and uh there's they're strong if you like that music they're um they're still playing and they're doing a great job i mean they really are going back to the roots they've uh, uh ronnie van zandt's brother is the lead singer and uh and it's a lot of fun it's great we'll be right back everything everything old is new again that was the high school anthem uh, no there was uh, leonard skinner was a high school teacher up there yes This is Everything Old is New Again, America's entertainment pop culture talk show with Douglas Viviani and David Cohen. Well, the guy in the igloo joint, who was a very aggressive guy, looks across the street and says, okay. By that time, the word is spreading. The war has broke out. You know, the war is starting. All over town, they're coming. That's when my old man arrived home. He comes down and rushing. We jump in the car. Bruner's hanging on the back. People are running downtown. It's, it, it, the word is out. There's my buddy Gene Shepard from the 1970s. He really can't get a feel. He's telling a story, and in three seconds, ten seconds, I can't get the vibe. But I just wanted to show the excitement, the interest, the what he's telling a story there. Long story short, is about uh, an ice cream war, two competing ice cream stores, and they keep lowering the price on the ice cream and what happens, you know. Uh, and he of the famous um, movie, Christmas Story. Christmas story. Yes. Uh, he would recoil, he's passed away, uh, uh, that he's known just for that, I have to be honest with you. I know him only from, I've read so much about him. I've listened to every show on tape that he's ever done. I think he was an absolute genius. Um, he did uh, stories that were pop culture related and there were also stories about what he thought was going to happen in the future, and he was prophetic in a lot of what he said. But he was a pop culture raconteur. Is that the best way to say? It? Does that make? I mean, do you yeah. understand that reference? Yes, sure. He he really um, affected me hugely. Besides Bob and Ray, we did a show on Bob and Ray. You can listen to that, and I spoke about that. Them, I, I love them as well. Uh, they, they were more of the radio comedy that I went for. But on a Sunday night or a Saturday night. At 11 o'clock, I, I think to me, maybe it was 9 o'clock, he was on, and I would be listening to him as if it was 1952. So when you tell, not to do God, Goodfellas reference, so when you tell a story, you know, in that way, when you're a clown, <laughs> right. you know that Joe Pesci scene, but the way you tell a story, 
I mean, it, it, how much did Gene Shepard influence you and, and how you relate to people when I you're getting a message? I aspired to tell it that way. I don't think I achieved that, but I aspire, and I have my own personality, so I'll add something other right. to it. But if you listen to that, what he, that clip you just heard and listen to me yeah, arguing about, let's say, the clip we had with the boxing, and I'm talking about my family and how they, I can't get them to sit down for dinner at the same time, yeah, yeah. I think you could kind no, of put them side can. by side, and they kind of the same, you know. Right. I might be funnier. You have, but, a, uh, <laughs> yeah. you have a little bit more of a New York accent, but yes, absolutely. He does or I do? You do. Really? You? Ooh, that's scary. Really? Because okay, I heard it from him, yeah. He's not, it's true. Yeah. Where is he from? He's from the middle Midwest, um, yeah. Chicago area, and uh, he came to New York, of course, and uh, thereafter, you know, he was in New York. He lived. He did a lot of live shows in the limelight, limelight in uh, the village in New York City. Really? It was a huge place. He was doing a live show on the air Sunday nights. From the limelight, he just wow. do a stand up, and his stand up routine were not jokes. It was just this. stories. He'd tell stories, and they, right. they, the audience would simply smile and, of course, laugh at certain events, but there were no real punchlines. Right. So right. I really loved his presentation. That's just me. I mean, people might think, "Who's this guy? What's it all about?" If you feel like it, you could find his stuff everywhere on the internet. Uh, and, and I think you'll have some fun. Um, that's one thing, the pop culture reference on the radio that affected me to what sure. we're doing now. Uh, I'm going to put a little compilation together here and see if there's some that you'll refer to here. That Funny, that penguin being there. Sense. Sense. <laughs> What's he doing there? Standing! I can see that! <laughs> if it lays an egg, <laughs> it will fall down the back of the television set. We'll have to watch that. Unless it's a male. Oh, I never thought of that. Yes. Looks fairly butch. Don't get on that ship. The rest of the book. To serve men. It's, it's a cookbook. Oh, listen, just one more thing. Uh, oh, there's one little thing. Uh, one other thing. I have a further question. Gee, I almost forgot. This is fascinating. There's one other thing I wanted to talk to you about. I'm telling you, next time you get an idea to come down here to one of our women, the least you can do is take them out for a couple of drinks, maybe a nice dinner. Would that kill you? With our women, believe me, next time you try it, and uh, keep your laser beard yourself, we'll cut off your batteries and energy on a silver platter. All right, so we've got four there. Monty Python, Twilight Zone, Columbo, Fernwood Tonight, all of those affected me, I think, Three of the four had a, a, a good or have a place in your heart. I'm not sure about Columbo with you, uh, Dave, but I, I, know those I miss three. the Columbo book. Yeah, I, yeah but uh, but certainly the others do. And um, you're big on the Monty Python. You introduced me to Monty Python. Uh, what, the quirky, odd, different personality, different uh, comedy. What what do you, what about that? Yeah, not, they're not everybody. Well, again, this was years and years ago, but obviously there are movies and the TV shows are still accessible today. Uh, but you know, they weren't everyone's cup of tea. But um, it, it was again, it was like it was like it was with music, where I'd liked anything that that was not part of the norm, and their comedy was definitely not you know a classic form of comedy. It was a Reverend, it was poking fun at, at you know the the establishment in in Britain, um, and you could relate to it here. Uh, the absurdity of the comedy, I really loved. I keyed into it. 
Um, I, I still it still informs well, now my you sense do, of humor uh, today. An English accent sometimes on the show. Oh, it's We've, totally from Monty Python. Uh, yeah. And right. the sensibility of, of a story that has a twist at the end to me. Uh, I've written some stories, whatever amateur stuff, but I always try to aspire to that. I love the Twilight Zone type of story that has a twist at the a end. Little surprise at the and end. We're definitely going right. to do a bunch of shows on the Twilight Zone. It, it, there's so yeah. many things to talk about with that show. So we'll leave it at that. Columbo, I love. I do that in court. I'm an attorney. I do that in court myself. I play kind of dumb sometimes because you have these lot in court, especially with judges. It's not a stretch for you. Yeah, you go. Yeah. You've got the, <laughs> you've got these very arrogant, very egotistical, very strong personalities, and they come on like gangbusters. So I just play it like I don't know what you're talking about, but uh, what about the red light or whatever the question right, might right, be? Right, right. And it, it stops them dead huh. in the tracks. It That's works. Funny. That personality works. It, it it puts somebody at ease, and then all of a sudden they get you know uh, the hammer over their head. Right. You know. Uh, and finally, Fernwood tonight. I, I, I we've talked about this in the past. Uh, I love uh, Martin Mull and Fred Willard and what they did with that show. That yeah. was a, a whale of a lot of fun. And we'll do a show on that as well. That that kind of a show it really deserves to be brought out to the light. I don't think anybody is familiar with that show. What they are familiar with is something that. Uh, uh, it added to my sensibility of comedy. We'll ask if this affected Dave at all. Now, look, I don't Costello. like mustard. Mustard and the hot dog go together. Let them go together. I don't want to spoil any romance. Do you, do you know they spend millions of dollars every year to put up factories just to manufacture mustard? Do you know those factories employ thousands and thousands of men just to manufacture mustard? Do you know those men take care of thousands of families and homes all on account of mustard? And you, just because you don't like mustard, what do you want them to do? Close those factories down and put all those people out of work? I like Worcestershire shears, George. You like what? There he is. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what it is. We, if you listen to our show, you'll hear a lot of references to Abbott Costello. I don't know what the attraction is to me. I still, to this day, can't. Other than, like, you know, just kind of good-natured banter. Yeah. Well, the writing was so good. It was so sharp, and the delivery, and, and you know, the rapid-fireness between the two guys. Just great. And, it, and it's, it's a little reminiscent of the Marx Brothers, too, which, you know... We, I know we're not touching on right now, but it's that kind of that humor. It's just really well written, rapid fire, funny topics, a different way to look at a standard topic. Um, But timeless. I mean, that was from 1940. Exactly. And still and that was only a piece of it. And you can't but smile with that. Uh, We're going to skip over one and go to uh, to this and listen to what we think about this. Finish that. Yeah, I'm going to finish it. I paid for it. I'm not going to give it to you. No. If you're not going to finish it, I would eat it. But if you're going to eat it, you're going What do you want? Say the words. No, I mean, go ahead. You're going to eat it. You eat it. That's all right. Say the words. I want the roast beef sandwich. Say the words, and I'll give uh, you a piece. Please. If I wanted it, but I, wouldn't I ask you? No, then I, ask. So, if you want to give him the sandwich, give him the sandwich. If you don't want to give him the sandwich, don't. I don't want to give him the Well, then just eat the sandwich. Then don't. Up. Well, look at his eyes. I asked one simple Take your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ape. Not the man I knew ten years ago. It's not the years. It's the mileage. I came here to save you. Oh, yeah? And who's going to come to save you, Junior? I told you. Don't call me Junior. Look what you did. Louis? I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. 
There we are. We're running out of time, so I'm putting all that together. I'm going to summarize that. I'm going to take the mic out of David's hands for a second only because we're running short on time. Uh, that's Diner. That's a Planet of the Apes. Indiana Jones. And Casablanca, to me, is, is a representation of, of uh, hopefully uh, what we've had in the past and in the future, uh, David and I's uh, friendship from this point forward and, and certainly what we've had for all these past 30 years. And I uh, acknowledge and recognize that. We've gone through uh, uh, lots of good times, and let's hope there's uh, more good times on everything old is new again. Um, we're going to be back next week, and we're going to investigate uh, something more interesting with pop of pop culture and how it affects you and I. Not more interesting, as interesting as what we just done. Everything old is new again. Come on back. All right, we're back. I'm going to throw the microphone back over to uh, David Cohen. And uh, any final thoughts on the Putting the couch, uh, putting everything old is new again on the couch. And, well, there's uh, just so much more to say to, to, about us, and, and we try to do it in two shows. We, I'm sure, didn't get everything in that we wanted to. But, um, yeah, I hope the listeners have a better idea for who we are and why we're doing this. And, you know, it's, I think it, it's a commonality where as much as you may not like to admit it, things that happen in pop culture definitely affect your personality, the way you look at the world, your actions, your behaviors. And we like to explore that. There's no doubt, here. and that's and and quite frankly, what uh, uh, what's on the screen sometimes is in your heart. Uh, that's why people react to it so much and so well, and why they're spending billions of dollars every year to to go to the movies just for that alone. Right, come on back. Everything old is new again. Next week, we're going to have some fun on uh, everything old is new again. Dot biz.